Today, my friends, we are continuing in our sermon series, Our Church, Christ's Home. It's a series that comes from Robert Munger's famous sermon, My Heart, Christ's Home, in which Munger goes through the various rooms of his heart and welcomes Christ into his presence, into his soul and his being. We are doing the same over the next several weeks as we consider what it means as a church to welcome Christ into every room that we share as a community so that we too might be people who house that Christ in our life shared together. Today our scripture comes from Matthew chapter 28 verses 16 through 20. I invite you to listen along with me for the word of the Lord. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the very end of the age. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me as we pray. Lord, we ask for your spirit to fill each room of our heart to fill each room of this facility, to fill each room of our homes, so that we might be able to say with confidence that we dwell with you. Speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, and draw us closer into your arms today than we were yesterday. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For some people in the church, Faith comes easily. There are some Christians who do have a dramatic story about coming to faith, but the majority of people that I meet in the church have a story that includes something along the line of, well, I don't know, I've just always believed. As I have been sitting down with many of you over the last five weeks in listening sessions, I have been hearing familiar threads in a common story. I grew up attending church, many of you say. I used to go to Sunday school every single week. Many of you will talk about when you attended a Christian nursery school. Some of you are graduates of the nursery school here at SMCC. And still others of you will say, well, I had a dynamic experience when I was a youth. Or I joined this small group and here we still are 20 years later. Many people who are part of the church today have lived a lifetime within the bounds of a nurturing Christian community. Many have lived that lifetime within this Christian community. And during the course of your life, the Spirit has used this community of faith to replace your despair with hope, your grief with comfort, and to come alongside you in faithfulness and in joy. I am not someone for whom faith came easily. 
When I started regularly attending youth group as a teenager with my friends, I often wanted to believe as they did, but faith felt awkward to me. I felt like a fraud. After I had made a commitment to be a Christian just as I was starting college, I almost instantly regretted it. About a year later, I finally called the pastor of the church that I had once attended youth group at. It was Steve Metcalf here at Laverne Heights Presbyterian Church down the way. And I asked to meet with him to talk about my doubt. He sat and he listened to me. And when I was done, he said, I hear how hard this is for you. You don't need to carry this alone. It's okay if you can't believe right now. Let us believe for you. In the meanwhile, I think that you should just focus on putting yourself in God's way. If you can keep letting God get at you, then that's enough. I didn't know what that meant, really, to put myself in God's way. So when I returned to college, I just started attending different churches. Some I remember I kind of liked, but many others I visited only once. I finally landed at St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Newport Beach. They had a small young adult ministry that met there on Sunday evenings. And the first time I went, I met someone whom I had friends in common with. So she and I, we were chatting that first night getting to know one another, and the pastor came over to her and asked, it sounded like once again, if she would join them on the upcoming work trip to Egypt so that she could be the trip photographer. Having just met her that night, she replied by saying, well, I'll go if she goes. The pastor looked at me and then asked, would I go too? And I did. It didn't happen instantly, and it didn't happen overnight, but slowly, that group of young adults enveloped me in nurture. And while it would be many years later before I would look back and realize that my doubts were no longer what they were, my time at St. Andrews was the period of time where I first felt like I could exercise my faith with other people and not feel like a fraud. And really, that's much of what our scripture passage for today is talking about. Purposefully walking in faith with Jesus Christ and with one another. This scripture passage is often referred to as the Great Commission, but sometimes that title can feel a little misleading because Jesus isn't setting them off on some magnificent quest so much as he is sending them back into their daily, ordinary, mundane lives, only with the instruction that they needed to now operate from a new paradigm. It's the new paradigm that's great. It all starts out with Jesus telling them to go put themselves in God's way. The group of them together of the 11, they are told to go to this particular mountain. And then it is when they get to that mountain that they encounter God in the person of the risen Christ. This passage says that 
when they see that risen Christ, some of them found that their faith came easily. They immediately started to worship him. And yet the passage also says that others in the group found faith harder, and they continued to doubt. But regardless of whether faith came easily to some of the disciples or whether faith didn't come at all, it ultimately didn't matter because Jesus spoke to all of them and gave both the faithful and the doubting the exact same charge to go, make, baptize, teach, remember. He ends his instructions with an assurance offered both to the believers and to the doubters, telling them that he would be with them always. He would remain with them even beyond the time that they came to their own ends. Today, I think that the key word in this passage isn't necessarily any of these action words. Important as those words are, go, make, baptize, teach, remember, they're important words, but they are not what we are focusing on today. Today, the key word is that small little preposition, with. Jesus is with them in all that they do, and so they are with one another as they encounter Jesus. It's an assurance that is given to the believers and the doubters without any distinction, without any qualification. Jesus first instructs them to put themselves in God's way by doing those action things, going, making, baptizing, teaching, remembering. And then he tells them all that he was going to be with them through all that they do. And so that in the same way, they will also be with the community in which Christ has made his home. It really reminds me of that African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Different African cultures translate that proverb slightly differently. Some say a child does not grow up only in a single home, or a child belongs not to one parent or home, or my favorite, whomever is not taught by the parents will be taught by the world. It appears that the same is true with raising a child of God. It takes a community to raise a saint. This past year, we have had to be creative in the ways that we have stayed with one another in raising one another as saints. We have had to be creative with worship, with children, youth, adult spiritual formation. We've had to be creative with mission and fellowship and weddings and funerals and new member classes. We've even had to be creative in saying goodbye to those who have retired and moved away, like Jeff and Lynn O'Grady and Jan Cook. It has been physically and emotionally challenging to stay with one another in this season of isolation. But truthfully, staying with one another has always been challenging. It's easier to go at something alone rather than with anybody else. When we go with people, 
We have to ask questions. We have to listen better. We have to make compromises. We have to be attentive to someone else's feelings and experiences and well-being. The people that we naturally go with are often people who believe the same things that we do and who doubt the same things that we do. It is so much more challenging to go with people who disagree, who believe differently, who doubt differently. And yet, that is what Jesus calls us to do. The believers and the doubters to stick together, putting themselves in God's way and staying focused on raising saints. As we, as a faith community, begin to return from this season of isolation, how are we going to be? Are we going to be the kind of church that moves with one another? Or are we going to be the kind of church that moves apart? Are we going to make sure that we are together? Or are we going to work against one another? Are we going to believe for one another when one of us can't believe? Are we going to let someone else believe for us when we are struggling with doubt and fear? Are we going to find ways to put ourselves in God's way when we don't know where else to go? Friends, it takes a community to raise a saint. So what is the kind of community that we want to be? Because we are in the business of raising saints. Amen.